0: Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're focusing again on love and relationships, and we're sticking with Alain de Bouton's project, The School of Life, and their book, How to Find Love. The major idea we're discussing today is basically, how do we get in our own way while trying to love others? Right. We can even look at that. Why, how and why do we get in our own way when trying to have healthy, sustainable relationships? And how and why do we get in our own way when we're starting something that looks good What's behind the reason for what he's calling our self-sabotage? I think there's a really cool idea to consider here. Um, But what he's telling us basically is we fear failure, of course, right? We fear the initial rejection. There's a lot of sense behind that. And we have a tendency to fear our, quote, success in relationships. The idea that we have feelings for someone and they may or they seemingly do have the same feelings back scares us. It's a very interesting idea. And what he says here, and this is a quote from the book, there's a basic truth at the heart of this worry, right? When we love someone, we risk loss. And what is distinctive about the self-saboteur is not that they are aware of the possibilities of loss, but that these possibilities affect them so acutely, right? This is very cool, I think, right? L- love." suffering go together. We've talked about this. I think love and fear in this case also are going together because when you love somebody and they seemingly love you back and you're having a relationship, you're going to be afraid of losing this thing that has now become so important to you that has now become such a meaningful aspect of your life. You fear losing this person that has come to to be so important to you, right? This is a very normal thing. And this is why I think he's talking about it, why I wanted to talk about it. And what he ultimately says is that fear of loss can get in our way of loving, whether it's in the first place, or of continuing to love, or it could create a scenario where we're so anxious and stressed that we start offering unhealthy things into the relationship, right? We start actively, basically attempting consciously or subconsciously to stress the other person out. We start getting angry with them out of nowhere. We might have feelings or, um, I, you know, I, Ideas that are paranoid and that'll inform the way we act around this person. And again, we start offering negativity into the relationship as a result of this fear of loss and the emotions that come with that. We start ultimately in a way pursuing losing the thing that we love so much, right? That, that thing meaning the relationship. We could also talk about it in the context of we start driving the person away that we really want to be closer to us than anyone else. Because we want them close to us, we fear losing them, that becomes a fear that gets excessive and again, links to paranoid thinking or anxious behavior, and all of a sudden we drive away the person that we want so close to us. So he gives us some antidotes here that I think are very useful. Okay. So what he says first is the self-saboteur is one who has grown to find the price of hope too high to pay. Somewhere in our characters, a deep association has been forged between hope and danger. Along with a corresponding preference to live quietly with disappointment rather than more freely with hope. So we prefer a disappointment mainly because we just might be used to it. Then, and for that reason, perhaps less afraid of it, than we do with hope. Right? We would rather live with disappointment than hope. And what he goes on to say here I think is very meaningful and really cool. Right? The solution is to remind ourselves that we can, despite our fears, that is of hoping, survive the loss of hope. The unconscious mind may, as it it won't, be reading in present through the lenses of decades ago, but but what we fear will happen has, in truth, already happened. We are projecting into the future a catastrophe that belongs to a past we have not had the chance to fathom or mourn adequately. So he's connecting it here to something in our, let's say, our childhood or perhaps in our teenage years where we hoped and we got let down. We haven't localized that experience. We haven't left that experience in the past. We're carrying it with us. And what he says here is basically, we're not giving ourselves enough credit. You're an adult now is what he said. You have the capacity to cope and deal with a loss of hope. We fear losing hope so we never have the confidence to establish it and allow ourselves to feel good. So we, we could end up leading a life where we not only drive other people away, but we're creating a self that as a result of these undealt-with past occurrences is not as confident as it could be in the context of, I would even argue, other interpersonal relationships, not even just in the context of a romantic relationship. Okay, The intensity of the fear, he says, is based on the idea that we can only bring childhood resources to the problem. We have the capacity to cope very well. Should this relationship fail, we'll be sad for a while, but won't actually be destroyed. And that's where I think some people, and I've taught this before, and I myself have challenged this as well, we get into that romanticism once again, right? The notion that to think that we would be absolutely destroyed is the only way to know that we actually love this person. And Debutan is saying that's not the most healthy, mature way of looking at love. He's saying here that sometimes, and it may be the case that we need to feel like we'd be able to, again, not bounce back immediately from the loss of this relationship, but that eventually we would, such that we get out of our own way and the fear, anxiety, and stress that comes with um, the lack of ability to hope, which is say the fear of loss, is diminished so that we actually can love the person. This is literally getting out of our own way, right? So the idea that for another loved person, for another for a person we love in our lives who's not ourselves, right? We wouldn't want that for them either, right? There's a show on Netflix um, called Afterlife with Ricky Gervais, and the second season just came out recently. I watched the whole first season, and it's not to give the whole plot away, but no, they give it away in the first episode. So his wife passed away, right? And she left him videos basically when she was in the hospital instructing him how to live both in practical matters and in more of a philosophical sense, how to move on in a way that's healthy. And she tells him, look, move on eventually because she doesn't want him to lead a life that's just entrenched in sorrow. Right. So this is advice that she's giving to a loved one that he has to learn how to take himself. Right. So that's ultimately what Deb Bhutan is saying. At the outset or at the onset of a relationship, if you're so frightened or scared of losing the person that you eventually either don't even try because you don't think you can deal with that pain or you suffocate them and eventually cause the pain which is to say, bring, the, offer them pain and they end their relationship or you end it because you're just perpetuating this, this notion, right? We get in our own way. We sabotage our own happiness and the happiness of our significant others. So consider this, right? Do we maybe have these practices in our own lives? Are we self-saboteurs? How can we conquer it? Well, what he's saying is you can realize that one, through, the, you know, through philosophical inquiry within ourselves, we can find the moments in our childhood perhaps where this fear of hope or this fear of, let's say, hoping started. We can analyze that. We can paint a more detailed picture and realize that, one, that situation is not what's happening right now. Two, we are definitely not the same people we were, and we could turn back to Heraclitus, right, the ancient Greek philosopher. You can never step in the same river twice. Change is the only constant. It's natural and true that you are not the same person you were, right? And we can articulate how we've grown, how we're more confident now, how we're more capable now, how we're more competent now in our interpersonal relationships, such that we realize that this problem isn't the same and we are not the same. We can deal with this potential loss, but the fear of that or end as a result of that, the fear of that potential loss should be less. And we actually allow ourselves to hope and embody what it means to be in a healthy relationship. Hope is helpful. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.